What's up, y'all? It's your boy, the Sam D. Sam Duesenberry Jr. I uh, just wanted to drop this off real quick. This is bonus content. Keep giving y'all the receipts. Keep giving y'all content. Keep giving y'all conversations that I'm having in and around not only basketball, but all sports. So this is the conversation I have with Greg Larnard. He's a host, ESPN 105.1 The Zone, ESPN Radio, out in Tennessee. And me and him got into it about the Hawks because apparently the Hawks are a big thing in Tennessee. Apparently there's a lot of spillover there. So I come on his show for an hour every Wednesday. I was doing it when he was in Louisiana as well. So it's been a long running thing of me and him having an hour and just going hardcore pause into basketball. So here we got into the Hawks, what Trey Young is, what Lloyd Pierce wasn't. We took some calls and we got into some Laker talk as well. So Atlanta Hawks, a deep dive on what the Hawks are and what they aren't and what they tried to be, but they weren't. And some Los Angeles Laker talks. Check it out. Give me your thoughts quickly and then I'll share my thoughts with you uh, in terms of when you heard the news that Travis Schlank decided to can Lloyd Pierce. Well, the fact that people don't know that name that you just mentioned, Travis Schlank, is the problem. Uh, Travis Schlank was the one who went out here and traded the rights to potentially draft Luka Doncic for Trey Young and Cam Reddish. And you know how I feel about Cam Reddish, but Trey Young was supposed to be the key part of that move, trading down and potentially getting a better player than the Mavericks were going to get with Luka Doncic. And, you know, it hasn't worked out that way. And a lot's been made about Lloyd Pierce's record of 60-plus and 130-some losses and things of that nature. But, gee, if, if you're talking about recency bias, a couple of weeks ago I came on here and they, were, they lost four in a row. And we said, look, they're in trouble. I don't want nothing to happen to Lloyd Pierce. And then since then they've kind of treaded water. They were three and four in their last seven games under Lloyd Pierce before they let him go the other day. So my thing is this. If he didn't let him go during the four-game um, losing streak when he lost to the Mavericks, Spurs, Pacers, and Knicks, but then they go and they win two out of three against the Celtics, get a W against the Nuggets. Yeah, they dropped one to the Thunder and then got blown out his last game against the Heat. But that stretch doesn't tell me he's lost that locker room. So to me, there has to be more going on behind the scenes. That much has been insinuated since everything has gone down. Yeah, and it was interesting because you mentioned, you know, Travis Schlank, and, and I talked a lot about him. I didn't know much about him until I, I heard about the firing that I did some research into him, and, and you're absolutely right that it, it doesn't seem like Lloyd Pierce's fault that they're at where they're at because you talk, we've talked about at length with the injuries. We've talked about the defic- uh, deficiencies defensively for Trey Young, and I went into it a little bit further yesterday in terms of I went and looked it up that he is literally, Sam, dead last point guard-wise in plus-minus defensive rating. Like, literally last. So, that does that certainly doesn't help. And then you have, as I mentioned when I talked about the injuries, you know, and then you have the move that you alluded to where Slank made a couple of years ago in that draft, giving up Luka Doncic, who is a much better player at this point than, than, a, than a Trey Young. So it seemed to me, and the way I described it, was it seemed like Lloyd Pierce was, was sort of the scapegoat in this whole situation. For sure, he's the fall guy. You know, if, if you're the GM and you have hiring and firing abilities and, you know, the whole thing that you set up has gone by the wayside, you know, you're not going to fire yourself. So someone else got to go and hopefully you get a chance to get a reprieve 
to get a chance to clean up the mess that you've made. I don't know how you clean up the mess of drafting Trey Young and expecting him to become the next coming of Steph Curry when there was no inclination of that. He's smaller. He's He weighs less. He's even worse than Steph is defensively, and that's saying something. So there was nothing outside of the way that he looks and from the couple of logo threes he hit in college and in the combine that made you think, oh, he could be like Steph. So the fact that they over-evaluated Trey Young in the first place is what set this franchise back. And there it is. Again, Sam Dusenberry Jr., our guest, and it kind of goes back to a conversation I think you and I may have had slightly on the air, but I think we had it when we did your podcast, um, is that Steph Curry is ruining the NBA. And it's not only you know for the younger generation of these kids just stepping out and taking so many threes, but it's more about how general managers and owners and, and people in the powers that be in the National Basketball Association evaluate these players because they're seeing the logo threes from Trey Young and they're thinking, oh my gosh, well, Steph is a unanimous MVP. He's a two-time MVP. He's on you know the best team in the NBA at the time back in the day. So you know if we can kind of recreate him and get another guy like him, maybe we can kind of do what the uh, the Warriors are building there in, in, in the Bay Area. Yeah, and, and the Hawks took it a step further. And as I mentioned on, on, the, on the recent podcast that came out yesterday, they tried to recreate the Warriors. They didn't just try to recreate Steph in regards to, you know, handing the keys over to Trey Young. They tried to recreate the whole thing. DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish are there. Clay and Harrison Barnes or Andre Iguodala, if you want to mix that in. John Collins is there. Draymond Green. And then you have Clint Capella, who's there. Andrew Bogut. I mean, they tried to replicate the entire thing. The problem is, is that none of those players, you know, as much as I, again, as much as I love Cam Reddish and think he has abilities to be a really good player in this league, he's not a Clay Thompson. And I don't know if right now if he's a young Harrison Barnes. And then you have DeAndre Hunter. He can't shoot like Clay. He could play defense really well, but he can't even play defense like Clay. And then John Collins is more dynamic offensively than Draymond. I mean, hell, me and you are. But in regards to the intangibles and what he brings defensively, he's, John Collins is not in the same league as a prime Draymond Green. Compello's a better Andrew Bogut, but I mean, outside of that, this gelling, this team that they've tried to build on the fly with, with a bunch of young players and then, you know, a, a bunch of vets off the bench, it just hasn't worked. Sam Dusenberry Jr., again, our guest, talking all things here on The Word with G when it comes to the NBA and the NBA Jam Session. Now, you said something interesting in that first answer when I first asked you about Lloyd Pearson. I was listening to Adam Shine, our, our boy who used to work at WFAN, and I know you know him well, and he's on you know Sirius XM now. He's got his own show, the whole thing. And I said this is sort of what irks me sometimes about these national hosts is that they don't really know, like, I feel like the ins and the outs of the local markets and things like that. And he was lamenting about, oh, Nate McMillan, what a great move. It was about time to get rid of Lloyd Pierce. He wasn't doing anything in two and a half years. The wins just didn't show up. He's talking about how well Trey Young has played and how good he is and and then he's also talking about how Trey Young and, and John Collins never saw eye to eye, and there was kind of a bit of a feud there between those two best players and Lloyd Pierce. And I hadn't really read that anywhere. Is that something that you have seen? Because I know you're a big NBA guy. I know we talked about how maybe Trey and John Collins butted, head, butted heads because John was looking at Trey and being like, yo, you're supposed to be the leader, and you're not leading this team the way that you should be. But I hadn't really heard much about Lloyd Pierce and those two guys beefing at all. Well, Pierce and Trey definitely had some run-ins early. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I have not heard anything this particular year. I know when Collins and Trey Young had the blow-up, 
I know Trey was was copping a lot of plays and kind of waiting to see if Lloyd Pierce was going to have his back. And I'm not saying Lloyd Pierce allegedly held him out to dry, um, but he didn't necessarily have his back either. You know, Lloyd Pierce is an old-school guy. Um, he's, he's from that 90s era in terms of mentality. So a lot of his style is toughen up. You know, play tough. We're going to be gritty. We're going to play hard and all that type of stuff. And sometimes, G, as you and I know, the age difference, the, the generational difference, sometimes that means you can't really gel with someone. And when you have a Trey Young and you have a John Collins who are a more of a, you know, this is not millennial, a Gen Z type of attitude, and you're still hanging on to millennial, maybe even before that um, t- type of uh, feeling and, and, and thought process, it might not mix. You know, he was hard. You know, this is the guy that came up as a player development guy for the Grizzlies, went on to do some good things with the Sixers as, as an assistant coach. So this was his chance to kind of establish his system and his culture. And unfortunately, he didn't really have the pieces, not only in terms of talent, but in terms of attitude. So while I don't think it was a huge thing in terms of Trey Young not getting along with Lloyd Pierce, I think they definitely did butt heads at time. But if, if, if the inclination is there that Trey Young found a way to get Lloyd Pierce out of there, then this Hawks thing is going to be a travesty real, real soon. Because if you're investing everything, which they already kind of have done, but if now you're allowing Trey Young to have coaching say, that means you believe in him as your best option. And I've been on your show for the last how many weeks saying that Trey Young is not that guy. So if, if he does have that power now, if the GM has now empowered Trey Young, if it was a me or him type of thing where choose Trey Young or choose Lloyd Pierce and the GM choice Pierce, I feel sorry for Hawks fans because the future they was looking on the way up and looked really good heading into this season will now look bleak and bleak for the very, very near future. You want to join Sam and I, hit us up on the phone line, 423-648-1051. Again, 423-648-1051. Your thoughts, Hawks fans, about Lloyd Pierce getting fired and Trey Young, can he be the best player on a very good team or even the second best player? And that's what I wanted to ask you now, Sam. I know you you and I have been very vocal about how we don't believe that he can be the best player on a very good team or a championship team, but... Can he be the second best player, do you think? Or is it all the way down to the third best player? Because I was talking about this yesterday and mentioned it a bit today. And for my money, with the way that he doesn't play defense, I would have to think that he, if he wants to be a championship caliber player, he's going to have to be the third option on, on a team. Okay, well, let's play this game. And okay. I'm going to tee up uh, some of the best teams in the league, their top two players, and you tell me if Trey Young it's better than the second player on these teams. So let's let's start with the obvious one, Lakers. Is he better than Anthony Davis? No. Okay, Sixers. Is he better than Ben, da- uh, ben Simmons? Ben Davis, no. Um, Clippers. Is he better than Paul George? No. Celtics. Is he better than Jason Tatum? No. Bucks. Is he better than Chris Middleton? Stop it. You're taking way too long. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking no, because he plays defense and yes, can get buckets. But I do think that Trey Young is a better shooter and facilitator than 
than Chris Middleton when it comes down to it. But if you're talking all-around game, then, yeah, I mean, Chris Middleton will play a little better defense. basketball player, you're playing pickup. You have between Chris Middleton and Trey Young sitting there. Who are you choosing to run with? Chris Middleton. Okay. So um, let's even go to, let's see, Portland, C.J. McCollum or Trey Young? Probably, you're pro- taking way too long. Probably Trey Young, to be honest. Wow, that's that's okay. Me, me, me and you are going to have to sit and watch some Portland games when um, CJ gets healthy. You're not even a big CJ guy. Yeah, but I know he's better than Trey Young. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. I'd rather have CJ McCollum than Trey Young. Okay, Denver, Jokic or Trey Young? Jokic. Okay, I'll I'll even bow down to to the to the blue check boys, Jamal Murray or Trey Young. Well, according to who was it, Paul or Jay or somebody said that uh, J- Jamal Murray's a, a role player. A role player, right? But now <laughs> it's, he's, he's it's even Jamal. on that tear in the bubble. He's played well this season. Now, now we know that was an asinine point. Jamal Murray or Trey Young? Who is, you is is Jamal? So you know it, we're, we're talking about the top teams. I, I didn't even get to Utah because I would like to think you you would take Donovan Mitchell or even Rudy Gobert over Trey Young, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, it really has team, to do with the defense. Right, but but even the offense isn't even worth that defense. That's what I'm saying, because even if I bring Brooklyn in and say, okay, Kevin Durant's the best player, so okay, James Harden or Trey Young. Now, they both are trash defensively, but Harden does so much more offensively yeah. and from a playmaking standpoint that it's even a wash with guys who don't play defense, like Harden versus Trey Young. So it's like, yeah, he'll get you points, but does that mean anything to the bottom line of winning games? And that, that that's all my point is, is that, sure, he could be a second option on a bad team or a middling team like the one that he's on right now. But if you think this team is going to take a step, this team is trying to get into you know contention in the East and maybe win a round, no way can Trey Young be your number one or your number two option because he's too small, he plays terrible defense, and he's not even that good of a playmaker in this modern era to facilitate the fact that he's trashing those other areas. Again, Sam Dusenberry Jr., our guest, hanging with us here on the weekly NBA Jam Sesh, talking a lot about Trey Young and the Hawks. But when it comes to Trey Young, and, and this name kind of popped into my head as I was as you were you were talking about Trey Young, could you could, could you compare him to a guy like Isaiah Thomas, and I'm not talking about the Isaiah Thomas the Great who had the spat with Michael Jordan and all that for the Pistons. I'm talking like Isaiah Thomas for the Celtics and wherever else he, he made stops because he was kind of all over the place. Uh, and certainly in terms of size, there's something there. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one better. And, and, and this guy, I think, is a better player than um, Isaiah Thomas. I would go look at Kimba Walker. Now, Kemba's got a couple inches on him, but it's not really that big of a difference. But in terms of style of play, can Kemba average six, seven assists? Sure. But does that six, seven assists really mean anything in the spectrum of it? No, not, not, not really. You know, is, is Kemba a point guard? Sure. Can Kemba score? Sure. Can Kemba shoot? Sure. But now he's on a good team, and he's what? The third option. He's got Tatum and Brown ahead of him. Yeah. And sometimes, depending on the night, Marcus Smart might be more of an efficient offensive option than even him. So that's my point. Kimball Walker was great for Charlotte. He was the number one option, the best player on that team, and they went nowhere. Then he goes to Boston, surrounded by talent. Now all of a sudden, he becomes the third option. That's the type of thing you want to have with Trey Young. 
he could go be the Kemba and Charlotte all he wants. He could put up the crazy numbers and look like, you know, he's underrated and talk that type of talk. But when it comes to winning games, he's not going to win that much. Put him with some good players who are clearly better than him and are more efficient, especially in today's NBA, playing two ways. And then you realize, oh, Kemba Walker maybe isn't really as good as those Charlotte numbers looked. Maybe he's just not a role player, but a solid starter, a clutch player. That's about it. That's, where, to me, what Trey Young is in yeah. this day and age. He's Kemba Walker. And where, would, where, where do you think would be a, the best fit for a guy like Trey Young? Right now, I know it's not going to happen, but just like if he would be moved to a specific team, where do you think he would fit in the best to help make them a championship team? Okay, well, you put me here on the spot. So let's, I know. Let's, let's I, I was, I was thinking that, maybe 76ers. Uh, n- uh, nah. As a I mean, third option I, I between, be behind uh, Joel and, and, and Ben? They kind of got that already in Seth Curry. It's kind of the same deal. And Outside they have Tobias shooter. Harris there, too. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he would be a fourth, the fourth option. Um, Milwaukee? Who has? Nah, I'd rather have Drew. I'd rather have Drew. He's a two-way player. He can't shoot. Or well, it's not like you have well to give up Drew. Trey. I'm just saying you literally take Trey and put him on a specific no, team. But you, you, right, but I'm, but I'm saying if if you're trying to have him play with Drew Holiday, that's bad. Yeah. So that I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like a real. I wouldn't be mad if he was a Clipper. If you put him on a Clipper, he's immediately behind PG and Kawhi. He provides spacing. If you do double Kawhi, now you have Trey at the logo chilling by himself. So I, I wouldn't be mad at a, at a old English font, the LA Clippers type thing. Um, because to me, it's like you got to have two either two wings or a wing and a big that's better than him for him to fit into that third option. That's the whole Kemba thing. He has a, well, I mean, Tatum's not a big, but he's tall now. He's 6'10. Yeah. And you got Jalen Brown, who's 6'9, plays the wing. Those two are clearly better, and that allows spacing for Kemba. You would need to kind of have that for Trey to still be able to do the one thing, the one thing that he can do, which is shoot and do pick and rolls. So I think a team like the Clippers potentially, uh, that's kind of about it. Like it's not maybe, eh, yeah, that's looking at who's, who's a good team. I, if I'm the Spurs, I wouldn't want them because I think DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker are better uh, basketball fits than Trey Young. Yeah, they, I mean, unless you're not a fan of the point fraud, and you know I'm not, in Phoenix, uh, maybe you could do a three-guard thing there, maybe. But, I mean, outside of that, that's kind of the problem. Like, if you're a good team, why would you want Trey Young? You probably already have a better version of him already. Sam Dusenberry Jr. hanging with us here talking NBA. We're going to step aside. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to Sam a little bit about how he likes his NBA basketball games. Does he like him more on the testy side? Does he like him more on the, hey, look, let's let's not blow the whistle a lot. Let's just kind of let it flow. Let's let the tempo play. Let's, let's play some NBA basketball going a little up-tempo. We'll talk to him a little bit about that uh, and some other things going on around the association when we return right here. On the Word with G on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Back here on the Word with G, Greg Lawner here. You there? Happy to have you on this Wednesday edition of the Word with G. We're with you for about another 20 minutes or so. Sam Dusenberry Jr. rejoining us here on the Word with G in the weekly NBA Jam Sesh. Sam, I, I did forgot to ask you this. 
last hour, our last segment. How do you feel about Nate McMillan? Because I, I was reading an article today, and I had heard yesterday that he was very apprehensive about taking the interim job. This is not what he wanted when he came here to, to Atlanta. He did not want to, to be a head coach. And to me, that kind of read that, hey, look, I, I don't want the responsibility. I don't want the pressure. I kind of want to get back to my roots. I love the game of basketball, and I just want to coach. I want to, I want to dig my teeth into actually getting back to teaching uh, the game of basketball a little bit more. Now he's been kind of thrust into that role and he had to kind of get Lloyd Pierce to talk him into taking the job and, uh, you know, reluctantly he took it. But but what do you make of him, first and foremost, not really wanting it and then taking it and him being the interim coach for the rest of the year? Well, I think it's more, you know, <clears throat> I'm sure all those things you said are true in regards to him wanting to get back in the game and the essence of the game and teaching the game. But I think he just didn't want to stab his boy in the back by taking his gig. Um, and that's kind of been insinuated behind the scenes in some some people that, that I know. And, like, you know, he just didn't really want to take that job because he knew, you know, what Lloyd had to do, as I mentioned earlier, player development, assistant coach for three, four years of the Sixers, and then finally getting a chance. He kind of didn't want to be the one to follow, you know, his guy who worked so hard to get to that position. But um, he cleared it with Lloyd, and I guess Lloyd gave him the, the green light to go ahead and accept being an interim head coach. Um, but, you know, for, for Nate, who's bounced around this league a lot, he's been a good coach at times, been a mediocre coach at times. But the one thing his teams do is play defense because that was his reputation as a player, a long-time Sonic, uh, I don't know if I can say Sonic legend, but a long-time notable Sonic player, especially in the 90s there with Kemp and GP, the glove and all of that, Shrimp and all those guys. So, Nate is known as a as a no nonsense type guy. So, you know, it's funny. If Trey Young was was upset at allegedly how Lloyd Pierce's mannerisms were or, or coaching philosophy was or attitude was, I don't know how much difference he's going to get from Nate unless Nate is just clearly just gonna ride this out and let Trey do whatever he wants just to appease it so he doesn't get himself fired and he can finish out the season. So you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that transition goes because Nate McMillan's a guy from, from Raleigh, North Carolina. He doesn't play no games. He's from that old school era. I, I don't know how much better uh, personality-wise he is going to be than Lloyd Pierce. Sam Dusenberry Jr., our host, our co-host here on The Word with G, the NBA Jam Sesh, the Sam D. Pod. It, it was formerly the Pick and Pop Pod, but now we've rebranded and retooled, and now it's the Sam D. Podcast. <laughs> Let's take a phone call, Sam, 423-648-1051. Yeah, let's go to the phone lines. First time here on The Word with G. Welcome in. This is G and Sam D. What's up? Sam, you don't really like Trey Young? What's up, Ronnie? What's going on with you? You don't really like Trey Young? I know what it's up. No, sir. Never have. Yeah, you don't like those small guards. I know what it is. The guard is small. You don't really like those guys, man. Uh, I love guy. Zeke. I love Zeke. Zeke. Zeke is like a top 10 player of all time to me. So you, you, you can try that narrative if you want. You can try to spin that trash narrative if you want. But uh, no, no, it is. Uh, Trey Young is not a small point guard that I would like. Zeke, yes. The point fraud, no. Point God, yes. Rajon Rondo. But the point fraud, who you call CP3, no. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so the man hard on Trey Young. I like Trey Young's game, though. He can play, man. There's a lot of doubts coming out of college about him, you know. 
And so, hey, he could score. Oh, yeah. If 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 yeah, game at the twenty one by one, he did the ball yeah, too though. Now he he did the ball too now. I mean, I don't know about that. Is this something? Yeah, I mean that's that's you know <laughs> he's out here trying to get dimes to John Collins. That's about it. You know, I don't see him getting really DeAndre Hunter involved when he was healthy, or certainly not Cam Reddish. I mean, look, last night they won, right? Trey Young didn't take the most shots. What a novel concept. Maybe he should do more of that. Stop shooting the ball so damn much, and maybe they'll get some Ws. He took 12 shots last night. Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter took more shots than him last My night. My guy. The Red Rifle. Yeah. Do you think that that would have happened if uh, Lloyd Pierce was still the coach? Nope, Trey would have been gunning. So either the message got through that everyone's on notice, or maybe they just played a Miami Heat team that didn't have Jimmy Butler and some other guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ronnie, a pretty more good young team, though. But more importantly, Ronnie, and I don't know, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, so I'll I'll give you this nugget now. Guess who has a better defensive rating? Then Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, the habitual nut hitter, and Clint Capella. A better defensive rating? Defensive win yes. shares? LeBron? Yes. I know who yes. it is. Yes. But it's LeBron? one other Laker, too, though. Oh, yeah. Kuzma. And it's not Number Anthony seven. Davis. Number seven, Kuzma. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. Your boy, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma, locking yeah, people don't up. Don't let that fool you, though. Can you at least say he's more engaged this year on the defensive Oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm not gonna lie. He's yeah. He's he's better than he was a year and a half ago. He's much improved. Okay, yeah, don't get me wrong. Right. But, but he's not that okay. guy, though. Oh no, you no, know, no. He's no. not I, a guy I'll you can say. Uh, you know, you can build your team around him, or you can run the offense. He can't score unless no. you give him the ball. The Lakers know that. I mean, I I don't think anyone's trying to make him be the guy. They know he's a he's a bench player or a role player if he ever becomes a starter. I think people know that. I mean, get their best players that is shooter right now. And probably will be the for for the foreseeable future. Uh, wait, what? Seriously? And he's playing, and he's fourteenth in defensive rating as well. So I mean, what you say? He's, he's locking people he's up. He's what you said? He's your third best player, Dennis Schroeder. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. I'll see. He's our best player. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Not you, well, uh, okay. LeBron ain't okay. playing on Wednesday, so he probably will be the best player for the Lakers on Wednesday. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah he might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, He's not supposed to be praying tonight, so I mean that's good. He's time time to rest. I'm not really worried about too much things right now. Who look good? THT. Yeah, yeah, but he come on. He just got to understand, Roddy. He looks good, but he got to play a little bit better defense too, though. Damian Jones looked like he should be pretty good, right? At least Damian Jones, fresh off a ten day, he looked like he he could be your answer at center, right? At backup center, backup center. No. He's a rim runner. You need that. Well, Who are you going to go get? Sure look for this team. Wish you all look for the team, Vance, if he was come back healthy. No, that's fine. But I'm saying when, when, when you need a big to rim run like Dwight did, like JaVale did, you don't have that person on the roster except maybe no. Damian Jones. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, Boogie's not that. You can't go get him. 
Dante Drummond, eh, I mean, he's a little hefty. I don't know if that's a rim runner you want. Yeah, he's going to rebound. Unless you go get JaVale sure. back. You could go get JaVale back if you want. Uh, I tell you what, the heck with all that. I'll take, I'll, I'll take Mamba. How about that? Mamba from Orlando. Wow. Mo Mamba. I've always been yeah. a big Mo Bamba guy. Harlem is I'll in the house him. always. I'm always I'll a big Mo Bamba. I'll take Mo him Bamba. or I'll take Bobo. I, 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 I don't even take Bobo. Stop that, Ron. Yeah, I'll take Bobo. I'll take Bobo. I love Bobo. <laughs> I'll take Bobo. <laughs> you like saying Bobo, but you don't like watching Bobo. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Bobo is running with steak at him. I'm telling you. Bobo is pretty good, man. He's got to get his stop. No, he's, he's okay. Like, a little bit of fat. He's pretty, he's pretty good. Get a little bit more what? pork chops per month. He'd be all right. See? Maybe two more See? pork chops per month. He'd be all right. Two See? more pork chops and a pot of a nice big hamburger, a greasy, a greasy burger with cheese. Yeah, really I'll tell you what, but, uh, if, he, if he, he ever did see pork chops, he's going to need a lot more than a couple. Because he's seven, seven, <laughs> he's seven five, he's going to need a lot more than a couple. <laughs> hey, man. It's nice being your whole show, though. I've been listening. I've been listening, but I haven't really been calling much and everything. You know, I know G's kind of getting settled in this new spot over there. He left us behind over here hanging. <laughs> but that's okay. We still love him. So I've been listening and everything, enjoying the show. But today I heard you was on the air, so I said, let me go ahead and give y'all every a call. Every Wednesday. So, no doubt, Every man. Wednesday. No okay, doubt. so the same schedule we were before, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. Ain't nothing changed. I'm still okay. here on Wednesdays, no doubt. Okay, so y'all inviting me. Okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, dude, call I, it I in. Guess Man, I'll be always. talking to y'all. God seems the same. I'll be talking to y'all on Wednesdays all the time, Sam. I'm going to get you because we ain't finished this conversation about college. <laughs> I'm going to talk to y'all later. <laughs> all good, Ronnie. Thanks, always Ronnie. Appreciate it, bro. Later.